friend. We're so glad you could join us. Here we like to highlight the best of humanity while offering a dose of positivity to help brighten your day. But more importantly, we want you to know whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, you're not alone. We're here to stand with you. I'm Chuck Rendon. And I'm Amy Nalawai. And this is A World of Hope. All right, Amy. So as we sit here and record, we are currently towards the end of March 2021. Uh, Vaccinations are actually rolling out pretty quick now. So, uh, you know, things are looking up. Knock on wood. (laughs) Yeah, I, I keep hearing, you know, more and more people that I know who are are getting their their appointments and that's exciting news. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's we mentioned before, you know, it's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel here. You, we can see like the ramp up here and hopefully, you know, as we get towards the end of the year, we might actually have some sort of uh, you know, at least quasi normalcy return. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping at least. Yeah, speaking of normal, I got to take a small baby step towards a normal feeling yesterday. And that was, uh, I got to be in California Adventure and have like a quasi Disney day. Like, you yes. know, no rides. I am so jealous, by the way. <laughs> yes. And it felt really good. And it's still weird to have to wear a mask all day. And I was, you know, a little probably overly cautious with how much hand sanitizer I brought. And yeah, well, <laughs> that'll these, probably be me for the next year. <laughs> all of that kind of thing, you know, making sure I had everything packed that I would need. And But uh, there was just something about being in that familiar place. And yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a good day. So that was fun. Felt felt more no- normal than uh things have felt in quite a while so that was exciting yeah that's great well and i know uh they've now announced that disneyland and california venture officially open with attractions april 30th so yeah so that's definitely exciting making baby steps it's gonna be a you know like winning the lottery to to get in there but yeah (laughs) but yeah it's definitely yeah like you said baby steps and like i mentioned last time it, it just for me it's just such a great uh boost to my mental health just just having the parks open you know even though i'm sure i will not be able to visit for a while yeah yeah like you mentioned it's sort of that open door to to normalcy right the the small steps there so very exciting yeah i think i think we've said it before it's just knowing that it's open yeah that makes me feel better for some reason i want to live in a world where disneyland is open yeah (laughs) that's where i'm at even if i can't go necessarily it just uh, makes my heart warm inside. Exactly. <laughs> well, with that, let's say uh, we transition to a couple stories of hope. Uh, what do you have for us this week? Well, I have shared, I think, on a couple different occasions that I've participated in food distributions as a volunteer um, throughout a good chunk of the pandemic. Right. Um. So it's it's become. I don't know. It's become something that, like, I see the need on a weekly basis of um, of people who genuinely need help just to put food on the table for their families. Sure. You know, hearing their stories and and seeing them, just how grateful they are. 
for what they get um, has made me just really aware of of that issue. And um, so the, the article that I found is from um, today. It was from March 10th, I believe. But this this gentleman, Adam Lowy, 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 I don't know how you say his last name, but Adam is a cool dude because back in 2009, he... Um, was working at his family's moving company. And so basically he, you know, they go and they help families to pack up all of their things and help them with the moving process into their new home. As he was doing that for families, he noticed that so many of the families that they were moving would leave behind lots of different things, much of which included food, like perfectly good edible, you know, good food that was being wasted. And people were throwing away, you know, food and clothing and furniture that was all something that someone somewhere could definitely use. So that's that's something that bothered him was seeing all of this waste. food yeah. go to waste. You know, he kind of acknowledged that moving is a stressful experience. It's you know well, not something that <laughs> been through a handful of them yeah. these last couple of years. Yeah, I can attest. It's no fun. It's no fun. Yeah. And, and you have a lot of things to, to try to keep straight in your mind. Oh, and yeah. Remembering, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And um, so he started by simply asking the families, would, do you want to donate your food when you move as like one less thing for them to have ah, to worry about? That's, that's smart. So he would take the food and he would donate it to a local food bank. And within the first month of doing this, um, he and the moving company had donated uh, 300 pounds of food to their local food bank. Wow. And um, yeah, just found that it was an easy process for them to kind of add into what they do. And the same thing kind of happened for him where he had never visited a local food bank before, didn't have any experience with that, um, had never really had to deal with seeing lots of poverty or, or, or food shortages in, in what his experience included. And so um, kind of just in his involvement in, in those donations, he it became real to him. The realization that, you know, there are people right here in our neighborhoods that don't have enough to eat. And, um, and so that was kind of what sparked it for him. And, and, uh, since then, uh, Move for Hunger, which is their, their company, um, has been networking with moving companies all across the United States and Canada to help, um, kind of implement the same thing where they partner with their local food banks. And, um, Move for Hunger has also developed partnerships with apartment communities and um, relocation management companies um, so they can reach as many people as possible. And I, I don't know, that it was just really exciting to me to hear that like this guy saw all of this waste and knew that there was a better use for it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Since 2009, Move for Hunger has delivered more than 20 million pounds of food to local food banks, which has provided more than 17 million meals to individuals in need. That's insane cool. That is mind-blowing. That's awesome, yeah. Well, and also, can you imagine, like, if his service didn't exist, that's, like, 
all that food going to waste? Like, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I just know that, um, you know, last year with everything going on, food insecurity increased tremendously. Yeah. And so many Americans are struggling with that. Just to see this gentleman see that rising need and um, kind of step up to the plate and do something awe-inspiring. Like, yeah. that's pretty dang cool. <laughs> right. As as someone who is uh, both an advocate for not being wasteful, you know, not throwing away things that someone else can use or can be useful in other ways, like, that's a huge thing for, you know, helping our planet out, but then also helping out our fellow fellow humans that need to eat. It was pretty cool of him. So I don't know. I read that story and just put a big old smile on my face to know that he did that. And uh, what I loved is that he's still like so pumped about it because this was 2009 when he first started the company. And I, he ended the, the article by saying, um, we want to be a partner um, so that we can spend more time getting food out the door rather than trying to figure out how they're going to get food in the door. Which you know, he's helping these food pantries, both big and small, all across the country. And that's pretty amazing because I know that's an issue if you're running the food pantries or food distributions. Like, we're to the point now, like, where's the food going to come from? But he's helping. And um, and then he says, we're 11 years in and I feel like we're just getting started. So he's pumped and ready to go. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, and I, I love services like this, you know, and then last time we talked about the uh, free food forest as well, you know, yeah. things like that are providing like the source of food, you know, and I feel like it just gives people some reassurance, you know, that like we all went through this pandemic and, you know, the early stages of it. Yeah, it was hard to find food, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to fault people like you get scared. Right. And so you just when people are scared, they just buy everything up because, you know, they're trying to protect their family the best way they know how. But I, I love this because, you know, hopefully the more things like this that pop up, like people realize like they don't have to hoard the supplies, you know, that there is food to go around and we'll make sure that, you know, no one goes hungry. And I think that's that's a great thing, you know, about all of these types of programs. And it's just smart, especially this, dude. I, I love that because man, it just breaks your heart to uh, think about all the wasted food and uh, furniture out there that you know could go to people who actually could use them or, or need them. Yeah. Instead of sitting in a dump in a landfill. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So I like that. I like that. You know, and it's interesting because my, my story this week is kind of in the, along the same lines as yours. You, you started talking about how you volunteer and stuff like that. And it's interesting you started that way because, you know, my article deals with volunteering and uh, a survey that was conducted during the pandemic. So this is a, a survey that the Good News Network folks reported on and uh, 2,000 Americans were surveyed. And interestingly enough, 52% of those people uh, decided to uh, volunteer for the first time during the pandemic because of the pandemic and specifically. And, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, of those 2,000 people, a further 65% actually became more aware of how they needed to uh, reach out to their communities. Uh, The pandemic was kind of a wake-up call that, hey, you know, uh, we, we in times of crisis, like we we need to have a way to support each other. So 
it's nice to know that, you know, during this stressful time in the pandemic, you know, people are actually thinking of their fellow neighbor and their fellow person or citizen, you know, and they, they actually want to go out and help, you know, and I, I think it's interesting to see. So of the 52% that volunteered for the first time, 35% of those uh, volunteered to deliver food to essential workers, which I think that uh, that's a position that, you know, we, we can't talk highly enough about, you know, it, even the, just the people who decided to work like Instacart or some of these other like food delivery operations, you know, I, I think early on in the pandemic, it became very important to source food in a, in a variety of different ways, and especially for, you know, the elderly or people like that who just couldn't leave their homes. You know, it just wasn't safe for them to do so. And so I, I think that's that's awesome that people stepped up and wanted to help people and deliver food, which, you know, it, it, during times of crisis, like we were talking with your story, it doesn't get much more important than making sure that people have the necessities, you know, water, food, mm -hmm. these types of things uh, for some people, toilet paper. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But just making sure, you know, that people are taken care of. And it's, it's just, uh, it just goes to show again, you know, we, this theme keeps coming up regularly in our conversations, but I do feel that, you know, when faced with challenging circumstances, that's when our character really shows. And a lot of people, I, I think, will show you like their character is sound, you know, that they're, they're going to think of other people in, in the moment of crisis. And, uh, I, I just think that's great. And, and the fact that, you know, 65% of these people surveyed, uh, even if they didn't actually volunteer, and, and I get it, like for some people, it was probably a, a fear of safety or, you know, especially early on in this pandemic, like we we didn't really know much about the virus and how it was transmitted. And, you know, so I, I get that. But the fact that 65% of those people still uh, had a wake up call, so to speak, of how they needed to uh, be closer to their community. And I only see good things coming out of that. And I think if there's one positive thing to come out of this pandemic is that I feel communities are going to be stronger because of it. And I think that can only lead to great things down the road. So yeah, definitely uh, fills me with hope. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's the key takeaway here is, uh, you know, uh, and I think both of our stories brilliantly illustrate, you know, just, uh, yeah, there, there's hope out there if you just look for it. Yep, it's true. It's not always easy to find on some days, but it's, it's definitely there. So there you go. Definitely a couple great stories of hope this week. And uh, as a reminder to find links to the stories we talked about, uh, head on over to worldofhopes.com. There you can uh, read all about it. Before we get out of here, as we like to do, both of us will offer up a recommendation, something to help keep your brain stimulated, either a piece of content or an activity app, something to uh, just pass the time. So, Amy, what do you have to recommend to us this week? Well, my recommendation this week is actually a movie that is on Netflix. Uh, so all my Netflix people out there, uh, if you haven't already watched it, I've noticed it's actually been the number one movie since it came out, which is super exciting uh, because my friend's daughter, their little girl, is in this movie. This is her debut, quote unquote, big screen movie. Um, That's exciting. Nice. Yeah, it's and it actually 
is just a cute, feel-good family movie. It's got some funny moments. Um, it's called Yes Day. Ah, very cool. Yeah. And uh, Jennifer Garner is uh, kind of the, the, the big name uh, of the movie. Who is, She's one of the lead actresses, obviously, and she's also um, an executive producer. But the premise behind the movie is that, you know, parents to protect their kids have to say no a whole lot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. No, don't touch that. No, you can't, you can't do that. And so uh, as a flip to that, the, they are challenged to have a yes day. That's kind of a fun concept. So the kids have to earn it. Um, you know, they, they map out, you know, the different things that they have to do to earn their yes day. And they set down some, some rules to what the kids can ask for. But the premise behind it is that the parents have to say yes. So it's just their day of fun, what they come up with for their yes day. That's a cool, cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. There's some funny moments and I, I, it was just, it was super cute. I was really excited because I got to see little Miss Everly Carganilla in her debut role as the, the youngest of the three children. And it was super stinking cute. <laughs> well, how exciting for her and her family, though, because not only is she on a movie with Jennifer Garner, but it's the number one Netflix movie, which yeah, yeah that's awesome. Kind of fun, kind of fun. So Jennifer Garner and Edgar Ramirez play her, her parents, her on-screen parents. They are a bilingual family, which is a, a pretty fun thing to get to see. Um, you nice. know, I, I just think of my friends that grew up in a bilingual household where their parents both spoke both English and Spanish, and that's not something you necessarily see uh, on TV. You know, it was it was really fun to get to see that in this film, and it's just a cute, cute, really fun movie. And I love that you know it kind of happened here on the the year year anniversary of the pandemic, you know, and um, just kind of a fun opportunity for families to uh, be challenged to come up with their own yes day and um, look for ways that they can have fun together as a as a family. The movie is full of all sorts of fun ideas for <laughs> for your families, but um, it's a uh, it's it's a definitely cute movie. I don't know, 24 hours where the kids make the rules could be scary. Um, <laughs> but but I think it will inspire inspire your children to come up with some fun ideas. And it's it's you know, there's nothing super scary. I think the movie is rated PG, so it's it's a pretty family-friendly movie that um that you can watch with the the whole gang around cuddle up around the TV, make some snacks and um enjoy this lighthearted entertaining movie. So that's my my pick for the week is Yes Day. That's a good one. And and I can I add, like, I do like this trend Netflix is on now where they're giving us more family-friendly content. Uh that that's yeah. definitely a, a good thing. I think my last my last movie was was Finding Ohana, which was on Netflix. And right. it's this you know, that same vibe where it's just a yeah, a great movie for everyone to watch together. Yeah. Let's not give Disney Plus the uh, corner. <laughs> On the family <laughs> entertainment, you know, let's let's get some options out there. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, these are these are some really fun movies. I'm I'm enjoying them, and it's not like a, I don't think it's super long. It was less than an hour and a half too, so it's not like a 
you know, kids sometimes watching movies can be a challenge, but if you're going to watch this one with the kiddos. They should be able to, to last for the whole movie. And it's exciting enough and funny enough that I think they'll enjoy it. You know, they won't get bored. They'll enjoy it. Very nice. Yes, day. I like it. All right. How about you? What's your pick? Well, you give us the nice family-friendly movie, and <laughs> I'm going to transition to sort of a mysterious uh, movie. Ooh. Yeah. So this is on Amazon Prime, and uh, it's called The Vast of Night. This was an interesting one. So it's an Amazon original it's, uh, by Amazon Studios. What I was intrigued by is, so number one, I, I do enjoy a good mystery, uh, especially, you know, one that sort of makes you think. And this is an interesting one because uh, it it's one of those mystery movies that it's, it takes the premise that less is more. So it, it kind of just gives you like subtle things throughout. And then of course it builds to the end. I love those types of movies because honestly, like it just makes my mind go crazy throughout. Like I'm just trying to figure this mystery out. Of course you're just, it's building and building in your head. And, and I love, you know, they, they don't have to like beat you over the head with, Oh, here's a monster or here's, a ghost or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, you're, you're, it's left to your own imagination uh, until the ultimate reveal at the end. And you can see whether you were on the right track or not. Uh, the other thing I love about this movie. So if you're somebody who loves like old school, like radio dramas or, you know, old, uh, just like serialized television, or if you're somebody who listens to like narrative podcasts, you know, things like that, uh, kind of that old timey radio feel. This this is really centered around that. So it the two main characters, one they're both teenagers. One is the host of a, a local radio station. The other is a switchboard operator. Uh, so that can kind of give you an idea of when this takes place. It's in the the fifties. Wow, which I, I I do love a good uh, time period movie because uh, there's just so many interesting things to look at. And, and for a lot of people, they probably have no idea what a switchboard is. <laughs> like, what a crazy contraption. <laughs> like, what? What is that? <laughs> the movie plays nicely with that idea, the switchboard idea and people calling in and, and radio and you know, things like that. And I don't want to give too much away because, again, this is like one of those mystery flicks. So... I, you know, if you're going to watch it, it's best to go in cold and not really knowing anything about it. But I absolutely loved it. Like I said, if you're a fan of those old radio dramas, like something like War of the Worlds or something like that, uh, this this definitely has, uh, it's like a creepy vibe, but it's not intense or it's not scary. It's just uh, mysterious. You know, it's one of those things that makes you think a little bit and uh, there's a lot of dialogue. It's it's very dialogue heavy, which is is kind of cool too. Because uh, and the way it's shot in certain uh, instances, like the, the actual screen just goes black in certain periods, so you can just concentrate on the dialogue. Like you're not being distracted by any visuals. Which you know, as I say, that sounds kind of weird, but when you watch the movie, it will make perfect sense. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, but yeah, the vast of night, it was something that, uh, kind of crept up on me and I, I liked it. All right. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a good mystery. So if you enjoy mysteries, uh, I think you'll like it. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Well, there you have it. Two stories of hope, two fun things to watch, to, uh, entertain and keep us on our toes. 
this coming week. Got all kinds of fun things to check out. Well, there you go. And just as a reminder to subscribe and follow the podcast, head on over to worldofhopes.com. There you can find out all the information and uh, how to connect with us further. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. And don't forget to look us up on Instagram, A World of Hopes. We are A-W-O Hopes on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you there. We've got all kinds of fun things that we're sharing with you uh, throughout the week over there as well. So. Yeah, we've had some very intense uh, Friday Five <laughs> sessions. Oh, man. It's where we like to give a random top five list, and some of them have been pretty hard. I feel like we should expand them to 10, but that's just me being indecisive. So <laughs> it's definitely been good fun. Come and join us for sure. There you go. All right, guys. Until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.